0: Welcome back once again, everybody, to Sex and Couples Therapy with the Happy Ending Therapist. That's me, Donna Harris Richards, your sex positive sex therapist here, L-I-C-S-W, CST, certified sex therapist. And I'm here with my fabulous and very alive producer, Vicki.
1: Hey Vicki. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> there she is. I've had a lot of coffee today. <laughs>
0: oh boy. <laughs> Excellent! We're doing part two today of Keys to Successful Relationships. And I think I would like to sort of state the mission here of sex and couples therapy. Uh, It's to help individuals and couples and families embrace and integrate sex-positive thinking. And what I mean by that is sort of sexual health and being alive into daily life for optimal health, including sexual health and wellness. We go for annual mammograms gynecological exams, prostate exams, for physical sexual health, and we owe ourselves checkups on the emotional and mental aspects of sexual health for optimal health and wellness. Right? Isn't that a nice and lovely thought? It is nice and lovely. Mm. And a thought. (laughs) 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 I almost said that. (laughs) We're on the same page here. So how's it going? <laughs> what what's happening? I know we checked in uh, last time, uh, in part one, but I'm curious now. How what's happening? What are you what are you into? What are you enjoying?
1: It's cold. We're, I'm I'm intrigued to see how much snow we're gonna get this weekend. I've been watching the weather. Mm, hmm.
0: Yeah. Saying we're supposed to be, get.
1: Think it's gonna be some crazy wind.
0: Oh, is that right? Oh dear. Yeah, that I don't like because people lose power, and that, that I don't like. Yeah.
1: You know, losing power when it's that cold with yeah. that much snow makes me a little nervous. I know. Pump up the heat, everybody.
0: <laughs> uh, if you
1: have your fireplaces, get some wood. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah, get some wood and sit close without burning <laughs> burning your hair off. But uh, Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't, European model, American model, they're both saying, what, 12 to 18 over here on the our charming little south coast of new of uh new england yeah yeah i'm gonna i got some good dark hot chocolate in the cupboard Ooh, waiting to brew some of that and you know watch people shoveling outside yeah <laughs>
1: we have a gravel driveway so shoveling on gravel I, I really don't like it so I just park as as close to the end of the driveway as i can for minimal minimal shoveling oh no that's good yeah we have that too
0: so yeah that's that's very good i i agree um we have a neighbor oh my god this guy the last time it snowed oh I looked out, and I, somebody was shoveling our sidewalk, and because my spouse hadn't been feeling well, we hired somebody to come and shovel. Did I tell you this story? No. So I look outside, and uh, there's the person shoveling, and I'm thinking, oh, okay, that's the person that we hired to shovel because we weren't feeling well. Normally, we do all that. Um And I go outside and I said, hi, are you from, you know, Mr. So-and-so? And And he looked at me and he goes, no. And I look closer and it's my across-the-street neighbor. And I'm like, Brad, what are you doing? And he was like, oh, this is my workout. I I started crying. I just just started crying. I was like, I said, oh, my God, you know, my partner is sick and in bed. And So anyway, that was just, people are incredible.
1: That
0: was so nice. Yeah, so I said, please, wait. I'm going to get you some hot chocolate and some wine and some this and yeah. some that. And he was like, you don't have to do that. I just enjoy it. And I said, no, please, you, please promise me that you're going to come to the back porch and, and pick it up. So, I mean, like Anne Frank said, how did she say it? I believe in the goodness of people. They really yeah. <laughs> are a, they really are kind. They really are wonderful. Neighbors you know? are the best. They really yeah, are. They really can be. I mean, it's it's so important. Um, you know, it's this idea of goodwill, which leads us right into part two of keys to successful relationships.
1: Look <gasps> at that transition. We didn't even plan that. What do you know? <laughs> Unbelievable, right? Right. So,
0: um, do you? Uh, so, before I do that, but well, yes, and I want to say everything. Um, Goodwill, right? Assume goodwill about your partner. Don't assume, or the person you're in relationship with. If it's somebody in your family, it's maybe not your significant other. Assume goodwill that they love you and they're just trying to get through life and have a decent enough time of it. You know, we're all just trying to get by. But goodwill. Do you have good neighbors?
1: Well, where we are, we're in a, a predominantly summer kind of area but mm-hmm. um we do have some really nice neighbors mm. that's nice Aww, they're nice yeah. next door um and then yeah. in the summer it's it's popping down here so our neighbors mm. are great Aww. in the summer our neighbors are my aunt and my uncle so <laughs> oh okay there you go <laughs>
0: oh that's good that's good so that's you know, fun yeah. we have a neighbor here who lost uh, her husband unfortunately this guy was the greatest guy i loved this guy um, he was always sort of outside and looking out for our house and telling us like what's going on and what he sees in the neighborhood. Cause we live yeah. in a very diverse, interesting neighborhood. It's wonderful. Um, there's a lot going on here. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's great. Um, it's real city and it's very diverse and I love it. And so, but he's always kind of outside on the porch, hanging out, watching stuff. And, um, he died last summer last spring I think it was last May and I feel so bad I have to go over there um, because like right around New Year's uh, people in my house were sick and it just got very distracting and we had a family member die and suddenly unexpectedly someone very young and oh, it was, it's was it been challenging times um, you know plus it's COVID and you name it but um, I really want to bring her a delayed like bottle of champagne or some offering for the yeah. new year because I, I just really feel for her you know
1: it's gotta that's has got to be tough. tough. It's got to be
0: tough. So, you know, loss is, you know, that's a big part of the work that I do with couples and families is just sort of, you know, acknowledging losses um, and understanding how much they affect us. And not, and not just loss around, you know, death necessarily, but loss of the way our world used to be before COVID. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's really affected families and relationships, don't you think?
1: I think so. I, th- I think especially with loss of routine or or things that you outlets that you might have had things that you can look mm. forward to things that were you mm. know your space and your time to to decompress and do things to so that you can then come home and be a good member of your family you know like mm-hmm. so you can have some time for you all mm. of that i think it's yeah and it's just the way it is it's just so up and down you know summer is people think it's normal and then winter it's not and it's just <laughs> yeah it's yeah. a lot it's a lot to process yeah.
0: and that's a big theme in my practice you know people coming in saying there's a lot of togetherness now
1: <laughs> like, yeah
0: way more than we've ever wanted you know uh, like because yeah. people are both working from home quite often now so they're in the same place environment 24 7. Mm-hmm. So how do you get creative and imaginative and keep things interesting with so much of that going on right so much of togetherness where we know that space fans the flames of desire right it's the oxygen on the fire so again, being really intentional we talked about this the last the part one you know being you know carving out this time and being very intentional um, in creating something for yourselves
1: um and it can be awkward. I, I I felt awkward the other day because I wanted to go for a walk and I just needed a minute. And my fiance was like, oh, I'll come with you. And I very awkwardly was like, actually, do you mind if I go for this walk alone? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's like, yeah. yeah, no, that's fine. And I was like, I just, I just want a minute. And he's like, yeah, go for it. But I felt so awkward being like, mm-hmm. no, don't come with me. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's ooh. I know. Oh, and see, that's the little—that's the part of relationships, right? Where—and we all have it, where there's this bit of conflict and this bit of anxiety that comes up about it, because you don't want to make him feel bad in any way. And I was
1: like, I was like, I'm not mad at you or anything. I just, I just wanted a minute. <laughs> yeah, he was cool, right? Yeah, he was fine. He's like, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, I was like, okay. Well, you know, this is interesting
0: because this is sort of what, what I call or we call or is called upshifting and downshifting in relationship. Um, Martha Cowpey talks about this a lot, certified sex therapist, who wrote the book on polyamory. But she talks about relationships, too, um, and sexual health. And upshifting and downshifting is this idea that when we hear no, how, how, do, we, how do we upshift enough to be able to tolerate that from our partners? Like our partner saying no. Um, they have the right to say no. So I want yeah. people to say no in the warmest way possible. And I bet you're very good at that, Vicki. <laughs> I try. <Yeah>. Sometimes. <laughs> 40% of the time we're going to hear no. We're not going to get what we want in the way that we want. Um, I love this idea. Uh, you know, I talk about it all the time. Uh, it's the 60-40 rule. Um my you know uh, in my training just learning this idea uh, along with the win win right and the 24 hour rule where you want to be resolving your differences in a couple of minutes between 2 minutes and 24 hours you know so you can then you know have access to pleasure you know too many people are carrying around unresolved conflict and i really want to help them with that and there really is a a productive process to do that um You know if we can get out of our own way around hanging on to our feelings being most important and being right and really look at being happy that means we have to give up quite a lot quite often sort of continually right and that's that's how we have better quality relationships by understanding there's two or more people in in a family right so um, you did that. Sounds like you did that beautifully. Like, I just need a minute, sweetie. I don't want you to feel bad about that. You know, is that okay? And then maybe we can go for a walk together later? Tomorrow?
1: Yeah. <laughs> right? You can offer like an alternative. I'll pick up on my way back and we'll go the other way.
0: <laughs> yeah, great. Great. Totally, totally yeah. great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> if, we can, if we can really learn how to tolerate whatever comes up in terms of, in terms of anxiety around the no, that's great. Um, you know, yes is easy. Hey, you want to? Blah, 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 blah? Yeah, okay, that's easy. You know, uh, maybe is less easy. Uh, maybe often is is wanting to say no but not wanting to hurt your partner.
1: Um, well, my mom would do that too when we were kids. She'd be like, "Oh, you want to go for a walk with me?" And then we'd do like one lap around the park, and then she'd be like, "Okay, I'm gonna do one more lap for me. I'll meet you at home." And I'd be like, "Okay,
0: <laughs> fantastic." Yeah. So this is why, you know, it's interesting. It sounds to me like that's why you can do it. You can mm. say, I would really like this lap for myself.
1: Yeah. 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 Good.
0: That is really important. That's differentiating. This is the idea of of saying, I love you and love spending time with you, and I also need this in order to be my best self for you and us and me and us. Yeah. And... <laughs> And the world goes round and round and round, you know. (laughs) So, yeah, so so this idea of uh, back to assuming goodwill, I think that's so important. When we we assume that our partner is, you know, mm, sort of their aim is to hurt us or something like that, it's probably not the case. Again, you know, unless there's uh, sort of explicit violence going on, then I don't think that's... Mm. You know, you, you don't want to be in that. Of course, that's complicated, too. Um, but uh, other than that, I, I think that we when we assume goodwill, this is really good with our partner. Um, you know, and I saw a couple the other day, and they brought up the idea that they just learned the word gaslighting. Oh. And, um, you know, I said, look, Here's my take on gaslighting. Gaslighting assumes that your partner is intending harm, I think, if I'm understanding the phrase correctly. Um, Gaslighting assumes there's a kind of a premeditation. And usually that's not what's going on in the normalcy of most couples. Um, You know, this gets into sort of intention and impact, right? So this is a key to successful or successful relationships, whether you're in the bedroom or the kitchen or the lawn or the living room, um, just understanding that your partner's intention is likely most of the time not to harm you, uh, but their impact can be harmful, right? So it's important for you to say or assume goodwill, um, understand their intention is not to be harmful, and just let them know, look, you know, here's what I'm needing and wanting. I know this takes practice. This is building muscle. This is the emotional workout we talked about last time. Um, but assume goodwill and not assume that, you know, I was reading today, Sal Minuchin, who's a really wonderful family therapist, was talking about a tea being a cup of tea, right? So a wife serves her husband a cup of tea. If the, if the husband says, this is good tea, And she doesn't make any meaning out of that. Like she just hears him say, this is good tea. That's great. If there's some other meaning that's created from that, like, who knows? What do you mean this is good tea? Don't you like that I made the tea? Or, uh, (laughs) well, this is good tea, but what about the tea I made? You know, who knows, right? We can make meaning and connect certain dots that may not necessarily be true, that may not be the intention that our partner set out, but okay, if you're impacted by
1: that in that way, fine, you know, say it, talk about it. Or this tea was good, but what about yesterday's tea? Was that not good? Like, you know, go down that rabbit hole.
0: Yeah, there you go. There you go. So there's the rabbit hole, the death spiral, right? We started talking about last time, the the relationship death spiral. The the last time we talked about it a little bit differently in terms of settling for sex that's not worth wanting. You know, continuing to Mm -hmm. go into that restaurant where you really don't don't like that food. But you go anyway because your partner likes it. Um, You don't always want to be doing that. Because more and more, you're just going to feel like, I am not into this, and I'm just doing this for my partner, and this is not feeding any part of me. It's about both people. Both people are important, right? The win-win, you know, the idea that, you know, one person should always be winning. You're not going to win at the same time, likely, most of the time. But, you know, one partner wins, the next partner wins. And don't think of your partner's win as a loss for you. Think of it as a win for the relationship. Right, right, right. So keys to successful relationship. We left off with uh, the pleasure I provide my partner, right? So the next one is this, the balance, number five of nine of these keys here. Um, The balance between what I give and receive during sex or intimacy. Um, Redefining sex is also important. Um, Sex doesn't have to be about orgasm or penetration or, you know, Mm-hmm. intercourse. It could just be about what feels good, what is pleasurable, spending time, having fun. Um, so the, the balance between what I give and receive during intimacy or sex, you, we can think about that as a metaphor for the whole relationship. Um, if we're giving and receiving reciprocity, it's gonna feel good, you know. We're gonna be in integrity with ourselves. We're, at, we're. I'm gonna dare say we're out of integrity with ourselves when we give, 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 and don't take. I hear people all the time saying, "Well, I don't want to be selfish," and I say being selfish is healthy. Being self-centered may not be so good for the relationship, but please be selfish and tell your partner what it is for yourself. That's ish that you need. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we talk about like with polyamory, I I love this idea of, you know, well, we're not non-monogamous. We're more maybe non-monogamish. Uh, um, so, you know, sort of being in, invested in each other's best interests, right? So my that includes my own best interest as well as my partner. Uh, that's really important in terms of reciprocity. Um The next one, number six, I wanted to talk about today in terms of sex worth wanting is initiation of sexual activity. Mm -hmm. Um, And we can expand this out in the relationship for sort of initiation of any activity, right? If you want to do something, um, initiate. This is a big key in relationship. Um, Be willing to initiate because now you have agency and power to create positive neurons in your neural pathways. You, you're you starting a really nice interface or exchange with your partner. Um, you know, and I do hear a lot of people say, I really don't know how to initiate. I, I'm, I'm worried it brings up anxiety. Well, you know, to that I say try different things. First of all, it's understandable, totally normal, right? Everything's normal, you know, except pain. Um, and... Uh, just try different things we did that thing on um uh, sexual initiation styles right so there you can be seductive right that can be a style you can be sort of touching that can be your your initiation style you can be in an, an emotional um initiator in terms of seduction that can be your style right you can do sort of sex talk um that, that sexy talk, right? Uh, or power play. You know, we talk, uh, I talk with couples a lot about, you know, dominance and submission, you know, top and bottom. Um, that can be related to sex, but that can be related to the relationship. Um, so initiation of sexual activity is really important to be continuing to maintain that glue that sets your relationship apart from all your other relationships, Right. I mean, if you're not having sex with your friends, well, maybe you are, um, hopefully that you're getting <laughs> consent from your partner. <laughs> that's that's real polyamory. Polyamory is not just walking around having lovers without talking to your partner about it, right? Um, so, you know, initiation of sexual activity for, for lots of couples that I see in my practice, you know, uh, monogamy and fidelity is something that they really aim for and they want to know how do we keep this... Uh, intimacy or, or sex between us alive? How do we keep it feeling good? Um, so, you know, there's toys in the world nowadays, right? There's supplements and aids. Uh, the Bigger O, right? Go on The Bigger O, everybody. Check it out. See how to get creative um, in terms of your intimacy and, and sex, right? Vicky, you like The Bigger O, don't you?
1: Yeah, they're great. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, there's so many things online now where we can... You know, shop from home. It's nice and safe, and uh, just kind of look and see what what can supplement for the sake of pleasure. I talk with people now about masturbation sleeves. Have I talked about What's that. that? No. So, um, when people are having pain, let's say you have a, a vagina partner or, or a, vulva, a partner with a vulva and a vagina, mm-hmm. and let's say penetrative sex is painful, um, mm-hmm. their uh, penis owning partner who may be wanting to have uh, penetrative sex can, if, if this isn't possible, but they still want to feel close and enjoy each other and have pleasure, mm-hmm. the masturbation sleeve, it's like a squishy, long oh, um, sleeve, I know you're talking about, yeah. So partners can be on, on, you know, pubic bone to pubic bone, side by side, on top, on the bottom. Um, and, and the, the penis-owning partner can be utilizing this sleeve so that if they're really wanting that feeling of penetration – but it's painful for her, so that's going to reduce her pleasure, obviously. They can use that as a supplement or a toy, just like yeah. uh, there are vibrating toys, right, or or penetrating toys for, for vulva partners uh, if her partner isn't getting an erection um, or isn't, yeah. you, you know. It just It's like I want to say to, to my clients, you know, don't worry so much about it because we do live in 2022, And in this world of technology, we have lots of wonderful supplements to help us. (laughs) Have pleasure. Uh, So I've started to talk with folks about that, um, which is great. Uh, Let's see. I'm going to move on here to uh, number seven, which is sexual. Oh, here we go. Sexual creativity. This is one element of what people, as part of um, people reporting sex worth wanting. So getting creative, you know, just knowing. I find sometimes for people... Um, Increasing the knowledge base is important. People don't know Mm -hmm. what's out there, right? So I feel like it's my job to say, hey, here are your options. Here's what's out there for you. Masturbation sleeve, um, the bigger O, Uh, beautiful toys, um, uh, wonderful toys that that lead to pleasure. Um, You know, it's okay to get to know your body. That helps you uh, communicate with your partner. And that may be considered a part of being sexually creative with your partner. Um, one of the things you can be doing if you're not sure how to get creative um, is think about times when you, di- you do remember experiencing pleasure. So you can call to mind one or two or three sexual memories, as Kleinplatz uh, talks about in Magnificent Sex. And it doesn't even have to focus on genitals. It can be something just utterly romantic. Something, an experience that made you feel alive um, and maybe beautiful, right, and, and sexy. Uh, you know, aliveness is, is sexy. Uh, when I see people alive and loving what they're doing, right, you know, you watch yeah. these TV shows and you see these movies or, you know, read books about people who just are so passionate about what they do, whether it's their work or things that they do yeah. on the side, right? What do you think? Don't you think that's just that provides like people just when they're confident, they're sexy? Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's 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 nice to see people confident about whatever it is that they're confident about, because it's like when you're confident about something, they glow a certain way and, and it's like they mm. they're on top of the world.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I see this between. Uh, my couples that I see and families that come in, a couple is a family, right? So when I'm doing family therapy and I'm helping couples get more connected and creative, we talk about this idea of, you know, well, wh- when was a time that you did feel like you were connected? When was, when was a time when you felt cherished by your partner? When, when have you felt in the relationship close? Um, and so thinking about that stuff, pulls us out of that, like you said, rabbit hole or downward spiral, and into a place with effort where we can begin to now see how we can create a sense of caring, uh, you know, maintaining, giving attention to the relationship, whether it's the sexual aspect of it or the rest of it. Um, But talking about it and saying what turns you on and all of that is it's just really important for your partner to hear to know, for you to hear to know. Um, and one of my mentors says, you know, the clitoris isn't a light switch. It's not like you turn it on and turn it off, right? <laughs> it's sort of like you you gotta you know for women in particular, um, or lots of partners in in particular. Um, Emily Nagoski in Come As You Are writes about how. Uh, it's about context. It's about what happens from the minute we wake up in our relationships to to when we go to bed, you know, Mm -hmm. is my, does my partner bring me coffee in bed? You know, do they take out the garbage when they say they will, do they, you know, jump in and help with the cooking, the dishes, all of that. Shows me that my partner cares about me, you Mm -hmm. know, wants to help out. Um, But anyway, so, um, after sexual creativity, number eight, uh, In terms of what people report as sex worth wanting again whether identifying as heterosexual lgbtqia plus kinky vanilla whatever is variety of sexual activities so when we have variety uh, very simply i'm really simplifying this it spikes dopamine in the brain right it's like going it's like like we talked about last time always going to the same place on vacation you know, after 10 or 20 years, it's like, yeah, this isn't really paradise to me anymore. <laughs> it's just so routine. Even mm-hmm. paradise can become dull. Right? You
1: can. You can.
0: <laughs> so, spicing it up a bit. Um, you know, I talked about learning Italian, right? I haven't been to Italy in 20 years. I feel like, ooh. Even though I'm getting older now and I'm getting a little curmudgeon like, like, uh, I don't know if I want to change hotel rooms like every other night. I'd rather <laughs> just kind of hang out in one place that I know and I'm familiar with where we usually always go. Um, You know, I, I think that we just need that dopamine spike to do something different. What do you think about that kind of thing? Like when you, you know, have you had that experience where you feel like, I know that I should be enjoying this, but this is so routine, like I need something different?
1: And it's, it's the wildest feeling because it's like you almost feel ungrateful and you're not trying to be ungrateful. You're just recognizing that mm. it's not bringing you the same amount of joy that it once did. Mm. But it's, you know what I mean? It's not being ungrateful for it. It's just recognizing that it's now comfortable and maybe it's time to try something different.
0: Yeah. It's no longer new, therefore novel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which kind of leads to eroticism, right? When something yeah. is new, novel, it's like, ooh what's that? Hey. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's important to just know what it is that is lighting you up, you know, sexually. Um, again, in any other way in the relationship, they're all related. They, there's an interplay. They dovetail with each other. You know, the better we get at communication with intimacy and sex, the better we get together in the kitchen, in the living room, on yeah. vacation, in the yard, <laughs> working in the house together, because every lots of people, not everybody, but lots of people are at home working, you know, through mm-hmm. COVID. Um, it's very important to be really clear as warmly and nicely as possible. And there are going to be upsets. You know, this is just going to happen. I mean, it's never going to be perfect, but it can be good enough. Um, So let's see. What's next? Oh, yeah. Did we talk about that? Variety of sexual activities? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then the last one, um, number nine, in our two-part foray into keys to successful relationships, is frequency of sexual activity. So um, in the article from the New York Times last Sunday, New York Times Magazine, they do talk about, you know, for the, for the highly experienced folks who are together 20, 30, 40 years plus, they do say that more important than frequency is quality. So I'm saying two things here. Um, quality is important. And I hear this a lot from higher desire partners. They say, do I want frequency? Of course. But I don't want frequency if my partner doesn't seem into it. Mm-hmm. Right. So again, sex worth wanting. I don't want to keep having sex that doesn't seem worth wanting. Um, you know, uh, so frequency is important, as is quality. But I think for couples, what happens when they're when they're not having much sex? Let's say a couple is going months or years without sex. Uh, it's very disconnecting. They are feeling the roommate syndrome, as I call it. Lots of people call it. I'm sure. And uh, it's isolating. It's anxiety-provoking and then depressing, potentially. You feel alone. You just feel, ugh, I'm wanting to be with my partner, right? So is frequency important? Yeah, but I would say frequency along with quality. Both are really important, as important. Um, I mean, quality once a year, (laughs) Uh, you know uh, if both look if both people are okay with that that's fine if the agreement is well, that's what we want and we're happy like that okay great then they're probably not coming to my office but if one yeah. <laughs> per- if there's a discrepancy in desire or a difference in desire between partners um, they're wanting to figure out how to sync up more and how mm-hmm. to have more frequency which feels like more connection Right. So uh, as uh, our, our wonderful uh, Peggy Kleinplatz would say in Dana Menard, the cure for low desire is to create desirable sex. That's a good quote, right? <laughs> um, and and, you know, uh, this another another quote uh, we we stopped before talking about how disappointing sex lives can change and. Um, Kleinplatz says, the goal is not merely to discard sex, shame, guilt, and inhibition. Rather, it is to jettison the entire aspirational package of paint-by-numbers sex. So I think in the beginning, you know, with with partners or couples, um, we figure out what works, right? And then there's this kind of homeostasis, which goes on for years in relationship before people come to my office or my telehealth office and say, Ooh, we're wanting something different and new. This is morphogenesis. They are now wanting change. Uh, Morphogenesis is kind of a a physical structure thing that's related to sort of, um, you know, geographic science, right? When when mountains push up from from rivers and you know land masses change. This is morphogenesis. So couples need the same thing. We can't stay the same forever. Change is inevitable. so when they're coming in and saying we want something different, you know, this is where, you know, now the light gets shown upon putting in the effort. I want to know, you know, what what do you aspire to? What's the goal here? What do you want? What do you want that's different? And let's figure out how to take those steps and do something different to get something different. So. That's my take on keys to successful relationships. Um, I want all my clients, all my partners to just really get in touch with what turns them on, what, what makes them happy, what they find pleasurable in their own individual lives. And that makes us happier in relationships, as long as we give attention, right, to, to each thing, ourselves and the relationship, you know, both things need nurturing. So thanks for listening, everybody. Really appreciate you joining us today, me and Vicki. And remember that uh, you can find us at the website, um, which is www.sexandcouplestherapy.com. And let's see, Facebook. Uh, you can find us at the sex and couples therapist on Instagram it's the happy ending therapist. You can call the office too 508-990-9909 and remember please always make time for pleasure, play and passion. Catch you next time. Bye bye.